Hi, I'm Brandy. And I'm Angelina. And welcome to Talk 40 to Me. We're having all the candid conversations you'd have with your bestie. Join us as we unpack life in our 40s and all the questions that led up to this next chapter. Hi, guys. This is Brandy. And this is Angelina. Welcome to another episode of Talk 40 to Me. Welcome back. We are having so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) We're so excited. I feel like every episode we say we're so excited. I know. I'm trying to, I try to not say that one this time (laughs) because we are. We're so excited. Anyway, we have a special guest on our episode today. Erin Campbell is back with us. Yay. I'm so excited. There you go. We are basically doing a part two of our meeting with Erin. So if you guys recall, episode two talked about generational differences. Erin shared her amazing wisdom about the things that she has learned over the course of her career in studying different generations, particularly millennials and Gen Z. And we talked about parenting and how do we parent with, what is it, Generation Alpha? Gen Alpha. Gen Alpha. And so today we have a fun little segment that is going to be so much fun. So we interviewed uh, several Gen Zers. I want to say, let's see, we interviewed eight Gen Zers. So none of this is statistically relevant by any means of the imagination. I'm just going to go ahead and point that out. But we had a little bit of fun asking them some questions and did a little Zoom. And so what we're going to do today is listen to that recording and we're going to react to it and talk about it a little bit, along with some other conversation topics that we have in store for after that. So does anyone have anything that they want to share before we jump into these videos? I want to say, I know Brandy did a lot of work on the back end on these. So kudos to you for all of this research. And um, for those of you, if you did not listen to episode two, you don't have to, to know what we're talking about, but it would be fun to go back and listen. But I would like to give Erin a chance to kind of briefly say who she is for the people maybe who don't remember or didn't get to listen to episode two. Hey, thanks. Yeah, I am a co-founder of a small startup disruptive consumer packaged goods. It just happens to be a sustainable bottled water, water in an aluminum bottle cap to body that is refillable, resealable and recyclable because that plastic, only 5% of it actually in the U.S. gets recycled, even if you throw it in your recycling bin. So ironically enough, the brand is called Gen Z to be really on the nose rise above the marketing kind of formula of let's tell you we want you to buy it, but don't really tell you. And so we just call it on the on its head. And that really stemmed from just understanding the category in the marketplace and then seeing there really being white space for Gen Z. And I was lucky enough to have about 15 years of just generational understanding, teaching retail executives on the millennial generation, leading the team through a Gen Z immersion and just am fascinated by what is it about the, our surroundings and who we are and what we experience that kind of encapsulates a whole generation. Perfect. Amazing. So Erin, uh, really quickly, before we jump into this video, what is the span, the general span? Cause I know yeah. it changes based on, you know, what research firm talks about it, but what's the, yeah. what's the generational span for Gen Z? Yeah, that's great. And a great point. The bookends of every generation is always blurred. 
for Gen Z, you will sometimes hear 97 to 2010, all the way down to 95 to 2010. But your oldest Gen Z, call it, is, is about 25. Actually, they are, are running um, it for Congress um, this year, and uh, our representative out of Florida just won. Yep. So we will have our first Gen Zer um, what? representing all of us uh, this year. So yeah. I wow. feel super old. I know. <laughs> on fire too. He's on fire, but surprisingly he didn't use TikTok as much as I thought he would for his campaign. Huh. So yeah, it was a little surprising, but he's, he's doing more important things out there, like changing the world. So yeah, well, you know, TikToks, I guess he can make those later. <laughs> Right. Who cares? So we, so Brandy, it was really, you know, her brainchild to, to interview some of these Gen Zers. And what we really wanted to see in all of this was the generational differences and just, uh, you know, kind of poke fun a little bit at our age and, you know, what we remember from our childhood versus what they don't <laughs> from our childhood. So, and then just their perspective on the world is just very, very interesting. Definitely, definitely. So the ages of people that we interviewed ranged from 17 years old to 26 years old. There were two 17, almost 18 year olds, two that were like 21, 22, and then the others were like 25, 26. So we got a few good pockets. I'm so excited. We'll, we'll jump into that right now. Here we go. What does Y2K mean? Oh, I don't know. I don't know that one. Y2K. Y2K. I don't know. Why two? That's not even taken in my head. Good job. All right, Aaron, I took this one from, from you guys. I wanted to start off with just understanding, like, what are my people going to say? Because I know that you had, uh, it was, it was a very interesting experiment that your brand did and, and posted on social, which thought I thought was hilarious. Yeah. So, I mean, where this really, this idea of asking this generation what Y2K was, it really emerged from this observation that the late 1990s and the early 2000s fashion um, is coming back into the epicenter of what is cool. Like, and it was like, oh my gosh, we've lived this, we've done it. How is low rise jeans coming back in style? How are the big chunky shoes and, and, and slides and the, the spaghetti strap tanks coming back in style? And then funny enough, I they even reference it as Y2K fashion. That's how, what it's called. And so then oh, I was wow. like, yeah. So like, do they even know what Y2K means? And I'm sure if you're an old enough millennial, it's one of those things that you have really profound memories on where you were that night, how kind of anticlimactic um, when it turned to midnight felt. And, and so I, I just wanted to know if they had any reference of what it truly was, not only from that it literally means year 2000, but the whole kind of apocalyptic mindset that we were all experiencing that would our infrastructure computer know what to do when it switched from a one to, to a two. And you saw in yours, as well as in our video, there was just really a overall lack of awareness, lack of understanding. I found it the most fascinating though, that there's this fashion moment that's hearkening back to a time where they don't even fully understand the cultural context of what was going on, but they are dressing for it, embodying for it. And we, we started having these really rich conversations and reading a bunch of articles 
And I, it's almost like they are desiring or experiencing a nostalgia for something that they didn't even truly live for. But I think there's a sense of simplicity. There's a sense of calmness. It's that regression piece that, man, the world is so effed up right now. And every, we're under a microscope and everything we do is just maximized. There's an underlying desire for things to be more simple. And they are Gen Z, they are connecting it back to a time when there was no social media, when, when our biggest concern was that our computers were maybe not going to make it. And so it's, it's deeper than, oh, let me dust off my Doc Martens again. So cool. You know, it's funny though, um, what people can't see for those listening to the podcast is you can't see the responses. Like you can't see that the wheels are turning and that the the two people that were interviewing for this one uh you know they're looking at each other and they're like just processing like what is this i know i've heard of this so i think part of it is their responses is just priceless and then i think it's also for us like it was something so deep in us like we are so aware of it and then it's shocking like it is a tangible example the gulf of time between us and this new generation um and you just kind of wonder what is the the Y2K example going to be for Gen Z and then Gen Alpha, like what are they not going to have any frame of reference for? I mean, how did Y2K fit into to y'all's lives at the time? I mean, I remember everybody thought like the world was just going to shut down, you know, everything was just going to implode. And it's crazy that this was 22 years ago. I know. You know, know. to, to think that, you know, then that was the year um, Brandy and I graduated high school. Yeah. So it's just, that just blows my mind. And especially to see when you talk about Doc Martens and these trends and the fact that they're calling it Y2K, but they don't know what Y2K is, is, is just crazy. And I can't dust off any Doc Martens. I didn't save any of that stuff. Maybe I I should have. I know I I got to the point where I literally thought they were ugly and surely no one's going to make this mistake again. And then, you know, this whole resurgence of, of low rise jeans. I want to like shake ears and like, we fought the battle for you. You do not have to (laughs) rewear these trends that will suck the body positivity life out of you. But and remember those flop, those flip the platform, those came back to those platform flip flops with like the spandex. I don't even know what the material was. Yeah, yeah, those clunky ones that go like clock, 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 clock when you walk. (laughs) All right, y'all ready for the next one? Let's do it. Okay, so I showed some pictures, and Angel, maybe this is something that we could take to social where we show the pictures and maybe their responses. But I went through a series of pictures. And this first one was the Spice Girls. So let's see if they get it right. I feel like I've seen them before, but I don't, I don't know uh, what Yeah, names. I don't know who that is. <sighs> Those are the Spice Girls. Oh, <laughs> oh they say. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. They're in That's, the um, Beyonce's group. Um, uh, back. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I know this one, too. Oh, my God. I know who they are. At least she got Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. Destiny Dynasty. She was close. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Dynasty. <laughs> She's getting warmer. 
god, that's Beyonce in her old group. It's something you're close. Destiny, you're very warm. You got destiny right. I feel like I've seen this like not that long ago either. Oh, it was a long time ago. Oh, yeah, we jammed out on those sessions. I mean, I was singing Jumpin' Jumpin' in 1998. Oh, yeah. Oh, in one of our friends' trucks. <laughs> club is I don't know. Destiny's <laughs> Child. <gasps> you were so close, though. <laughs> I knew it. Destiny's Child? Destiny's Child. I almost said Beyonce, but I know that's Beyonce before Beyonce <laughs> was Destiny's Child. <laughs> yeah. I do think it's interesting that like they the individual has kind of reigned the legacy of the individual has has come like with victoria beckham i wonder if they would have known who victoria beckham was from the spice girls yeah. um, but they were very clear about dusty child and then you know i can go get all gender rights here but i just like how a, a woman can now stand on her own um and that be enough versus it being required to be a group but right so I, I like that evolution a little bit. Yes. I, I wonder though, if they really even, if some of them even knew that Beyonce was part of a group before right. it was just Beyonce. Yeah. The curiosity. Amazing. And then this he next group that it. you picked is so, I think, obscure probably for Gen yeah. Z. I did that on purpose. I really like wanted to challenge them. The third, fourth, fifth boy bands. Like, I mean, it even took me a second. I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah. So this one's 98 degrees and let's see how they respond. I feel like they look like performers or something. Uh -huh. They look like, I don't know. They look like frat boys. <laughs> <laughs> they are a boy band from the 90s. Is that the one? That's not, that's not Nisha Bumaflock. <laughs> oh my gosh, wrong decade. <laughs> but they're from the 90s. She Dude, doesn't give I up on new kids. About, I forgot it. There is a clue. The wife beaters, y'all. I don't remember yeah. that. And like, look, it's all a uniform. Yeah. New kids on the block, huh? Mm -mm. <laughs> Still, no, not not new kids. Oh my God. No 98 degrees. Oh, no, I wasn't going to guess that. Um, <laughs> what about these guys? Okay, I know on the right, that's Nick Lachey. Good job. Okay. Because I only know that because I went to my mom dragged me to his concert when I was <laughs> her mom. Her oh God, you guys. Uh, I should know. Yeah, you think of the concert. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> All the boy bands look the same to me, but my my <laughs> there is there is a um here's a little hint. There is something on the screen that tells you a little bit about the white okay. oh, 98 degrees 98 degrees there you okay. go um, <laughs> context but i mean i couldn't name a single song from them probably but <sighs> do you know what uh, this is cell phone right okay and do you know what what this is right here that's a game uh-huh it's the one where the ball bounces and you have to hit the right down. Mm -mm. So this is one of the original Nokia phones, oh. and it was the snake game. So it was one of the first games on a cell phone. Oh, you had to follow the line with the with the. And what was really cool about the Nokia phones was you get to change out the face plates. So oh you yeah, choose yeah a really cool face plate. <laughs> 
calculator. <laughs> Our old cell phones look exactly like a calculator. Right. It is That's a game snake, huh? Huh? Oh, yeah. It's a snake game. Wait. Oh my god. Is it is it, didn't one of you feel like calling something boy? No, that's not a Game Boy. It's <laughs> the Game Boy really or the iPhone. Oh. Or, I like, mean, Nokia. Nokia, yeah. It's Snake. Yes. yes. Oh, the game. I love that game. Okay, so. Did y'all have an indestructible Nokia, Nokia? I didn't. My parents did, and they had yes. that game over there. we go again. I always point my flip phone, and I'm pretty sure that game was on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that every phone has some like iteration of Snake, but I specifically remember this. I think my parents like literally kept their old phones and gave this to me because I love this game so much. Mm-hmm. But that was the only game that we knew of. Do you remember like about how old you were when y'all played it? Oh god. I feel like I, I would say probably around like the second Eight. or third grade. Just again. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean I'd probably say like six. Yeah, six, seven, maybe. What? I died. I died inside when they said that they were six and seven when <laughs> they played with their parents' Nokia phones. Old Nokia phones. Yeah. That looked so, like a calculator. Yeah. It wasn't even current in terms of the. I, I love that you um, so happily reminisced about changing the faceplates of your oh, Nokia man. cell phone. I remember when I got my mine and i think i think i was a junior in high school or maybe heading into senior year my parents were like emergency purposes only it charges us when we make our calls and so be roaming i remember having like three different choices of the face plates and i could change them out and i loved it didn't you have red i'm i think i had red green and blue i feel like i remember and i feel like i might have used red like maybe when i was feeling spicy You know, what's going to be interesting, because I think these are obviously older Gen Zers. And so they remember a time before the iPhone. And like, that's going to, you know, where we remember being older millennials or cuspers, we remember a time before the internet and we kind of have transferred. So this will divide older Gen Zers and younger Gen Zers because they will remember pre-iPhone, at least have some sort of frame of reference where our kiddos alpha or younger gen z's are only going to know the smartphone and how will that change their kind of frame of reference and how they navigate life so very good point yeah for sure okay on to the next one the pager or beeper oh i know what that is my grandpa used to have one and i used to play with it grandpa (laughs) so they still had beepers back then and i used to play with it they would like my mom or somebody would page him to call him and he would have to go to a phone yes. and call that number. Yes, yep. I know what that is. Do you know what TRL stands for? TRL. Oh, like- Carson Daly. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I don't know. Total Request Live. It was an MTV uh, show. Do you know what a Walkman is? A what? A Walkman? <laughs> A what? <laughs> no. Uh-huh. A Walkman was a little device that we could put a tape in and listen to music on the go. What Duck Hunt is? Okay. So we're going to back that up real quick. What's really funny is right after that, who was it? 
Aaron, was it you? I think you sent this clip. Somebody yeah. sent this clip about the Walkman and on TikTok. How, on TikTok, and maybe we can reshare that. But how the early twenty-year person, early in their twenties, flight attendant, thought it was a, in her words, B O M B, and then I guess on a plane, on yeah, a plane, on and then she did not. She and her colleague did not know that it was a Walkman. So I sent that over to my niece. The bomb squat. They called yeah. the bomb squat. Oh, well, I would, you would think that at least somebody, the pilots or <laughs> I don't know, the police or somebody would have been able to figure out that it is not a bomb. It's a, it's a Walkman. But don't you wonder who it was who brought it on the plane in the first place? Yes. Have it in possession. Obviously they didn't care about it because they left it there, but there's a backstory to this. <laughs> Uh, that was my exact thought. Like, who's carrying a Walkman around? What are they? What are they listening to? I mean, that, that could be worth some money. So funny. So yeah, I texted my niece and I said, "Hey, remember that conversation we had? <laughs> Look, don't do this. And she's it's not a bomb. <laughs> to music on the go. Oh, what Duck Hunt is? Yes, Nintendo. That was one of the original Nintendo games. Nice. I love how excited he got about it. He was just like so excited that he knew exactly what it was and what we were talking about, like the biggest smile on his face from grin to grin. I bet you they didn't know what, yeah, what an Atari was. was. Yeah, probably. Oh, right? If you're, you're going to go way back and talk about video games before the Nintendo, yeah, there was the Atari. That's what we had. Yep. Do you know what a caboodle is? This one was oh. funny. And have you used one? I loved my caboodle. I've heard of it. I know what this is, but I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I've heard the word. I just is that like a musical instrument? <laughs> nope. <laughs> like, I guess it could do. Um, I have no idea. I've never heard of caboodle. It sounds like kahoot, like you know that that game. Yeah, that game kahoot. kahoot. That's all. I oh. <gasps> Wait, oh. oh, wait, that's the thing you put your makeup in. Uh huh. Right? Yeah, yep. okay. we're gonna move into some rapid fire questions. Ding, ding, ding. These yeah. are less about what do you know and more about who you are and what you want people to know about you. Is your like go to self care thing that you do that just makes you happy every day. It could be something like a morning routine, like going to Starbucks every day. It could be something you watch on TV, like a guilty pleasure. What is your go-to? I think taking, like what makes me happy is, I guess taking a bath at night, like re to wind down. That's what I, that's what I like to do, so. I would probably have to say, just going for a ride in the boat. Uh going out and just cruising around. I do think it was interesting and in being that still they're kind of what they do for their relaxation. I mean, it just shows that's kind of universal across generations. I was going to say the same thing. Downtime. We need a moment of peace. I mean, that unites us kind of human truths of how we can get a reprieve from the hecticness of today's world. Yeah. Envision your life in 20 what do you think your life will be like where do you see yourself in 20 years <laughs> um having a family that's what i i mean having a family having a house 
just start like not just starting a family but having a family having kids and doing all that traveling i want to travel so just say more or less just a a good balance of life nothing too crazy you know not constantly working yourself to death but being able to enjoy the time you have with everybody you know kind of a fair odd man what i love about this is this sweet sweet couple they just appreciate being around the people that they love and they don't want to kill themselves working. And I think very gentle. I have always been very uh, work driven and guilty in terms of putting my career first and and off, you know, so many occasions, Um, particularly even before I had kids, like I didn't enjoy that time traveling or being around, you know, people in like, I was so focused on my career growth that I found in so many people in like the younger millennials and especially Gen Zers that they're focused on life mm-hmm. and career works within that, but they don't pour everything into their career. It's about being around the people they love and just living life. Yeah. I think it goes back to, you know, some people live to work, but this generation is really driving. Um, they work to live. And it actually was a, a pivotal observable shift pre-pandemic versus post-pandemic. They actually were incredibly financially driven, even as much or more than the boomers were pre-pandemic, because they had seen two economic recessions in their lifetime and they saw the struggle that their parents went through. So they actually we're looking for that financial security and, and pay was one of their top benefits that they were expecting and looking for in a job. And then the whole world screeches to a halt and we are all with the pandemic and we are all re-examining um, what's important to us and what's meaningful. And actually they have come out post pandemic looking already for a deeper, richer, more purposeful balance and work just is not at the top of that list, travel does not surprise me. You're going to hear a lot about mental health and wellness and life integration um, and following passions and, and, and finding a side hustle that allows, or even the gig economy that allows the flexibility to, to, to work, to live. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen this concept that is happening on, on TikTok called quiet quitting, which oh, is- I have heard of that. It's been yeah. on like the radio in the news. What is it? I don't think it's a new concept. I think what Gen Z has done what Gen Z does so, so well. They have named it and then they have scaled and socialized it through a platform like TikTok. But it's basically like, I'm not going to, I'm going to work at my job. I'm not going to physically or actually quit, but I'm going to quit putting in overtime. I'm going to quit going above and beyond. I'm going to quit giving more of myself, but saving it for, um, life. And I'm only going to do what you pay me to do. And I'm not going to do what Brandy did and hustle and try to get to the top and, and, you know, race to the, to the proverbial finish, which we all know is, is a humongous facade. But I, I think millennials have probably been doing that as they've been kind of wrestling with work-life balance. And as they've had kids and, and ending up, I mean, not feeling fulfilled. I mean, we were, we were sold a false bill of goods that, money and happiness and or money and position would bring us happiness. So I think they've been doing it for a while, but Gen Z put a name to it and now are actively doing it. And this is also one of the things they do so well. 
they mobilize as a big group and stick it to the man because corporations are terrified now. What are we going to do if we can't take advantage of the individual because the individual has come together as a mass and scaled and said no more? And this is what this generation is doing. They are deconstructing and changing inherent systems that we have all inappropriately lived with for years. You know what I find super interesting too is that um, we recently spent a month in Italy and Europeans, they work to live. Yeah. And so this whole generational thing, I feel like it doesn't necessarily exist in Europe in terms of how ah. millennials work harder because we got to know a number of people in our time there. And um, we became friends with this chef who's the same age as us. And that is, he's a millennial like us, but his mentality, he's working, but it's working to, to live, to be with his family. And they don't, like, they don't even have to go coffee in Italy. That's like a big example of it. Ah. It is it is not normal for you to take something and go on the go. If you're going to have your coffee and your croissant, you're going to sit down and you're going to enjoy it. And they uh, shops close earlier. You're not working late unless you're working in a hospitality industry there. The intent is that people, you know, go to work around nine, 10, they get off around six, they have their dinner. It's just, everything is so much slower paced than life here. And I wonder how that generational shift is in other countries, because it just seems it's us as Americans. We are just always in a hurry and we're always so focused and driven. And not that that's a necessarily bad thing to be driven and focused, but. But at what cost? I think really... always being aware of at what cost it'd be right. like to see like mental health parallel data for, for, you know, Europeans, millennials and Gen Z, and you compare it to the mental health of millennials and Gen Z in the US. I mean, I think, again, we were built on meritocracy, individualism, capitalism, you know, the the pursuit of a house is is the American dream. And it's just, I think it's very, you're right. It's really fascinating. It's very um, exclusively ours, maybe. (laughs) Yes, it's like more, more, more. And I realized when we came back home, my husband said, we have too much stuff. We have big house and all this stuff because we had just come from living in these small apartments for a month. They're just life was it's just simpler. They live simpler, they work less, they don't expect as much. Like it's just and gen to me, generally they seem happier as a as a society. And so I think Gen Z is onto something. Not that we can't give our all in the workplace, but maybe we need to go back to putting ourselves first. I love it. But you're going to terrify fortune 500 companies, right? <laughs> well, and our, our um, Italian friend, he said something really interesting. We were just talking about different cultures and um, he said, the Italians can cook. The Swiss can keep time. The oh. Germans can organize and the Americans can do business. And I was just like, huh, it was just a very interesting thought process and perspective because yet we are no, that's, we're known for it. I'm just loving how these interviews are sparking so much conversation that I think we could talk about this for hours. I know. I also uh, kind of want to just shake them and say, you've lots of time to get married and have kids just live your life. Like that's when everything gets hard. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Well, I'm sure we'll finish this piece. Is there one positive thing you could describe about your generation? What would it be? I think we're kind of like 
moving and like yeah like, I, I, I think know. that everybody's accepting yeah and i think people are just less scared to like be who they want to be yeah. in a way yeah i think we like push to like start new things what do you feel is a common misconception about um we'll hear more about this um so i'll let it keep running your generation or do you feel that there is a misconception about your generation? I feel like what a misconception is that we don't like to work. And I feel like it's maybe not so much that we obviously don't like to work, but it's that maybe older generations expect us to work longer, be in the office longer, sit at our desk longer. When for us, I feel like it's more of a work smarter, not harder type of thing. So. Uh, like I can work from my phone, I can work from home. If I'm just sitting at my office and my desk and nothing goes on, I feel like I'm more productive. I might as well go home and then answer my phone or emails as they come in, as opposed to me sitting in my office desk, you know, 6.30 PM. It's more productive if I go home, maybe around 4.30, 4.45, 5. And, you know, nothing's going on. So I can feel free to leave and answer them as they come in. I think one big misconception is, well, this is probably more towards the baby boomers because I've experienced it directly with my dad is they think our generation just blatantly disrespects the older generations. Like we have no regard for them, that we don't care about their opinions anymore, that we just want them to get out of the way. And like, it's, you know, Gen Z is going to take over the world, but I don't believe that's the case. I believe history can repeat itself and our parents have been through times i mean right these days look pretty bad but they've also been through their fair share of war and market crashes and so i think that having the older generation's input is worthy and it is necessary i feel like a lot of our the things that make our generation where it is um it it shows up in every single generation but it's just so much more prevalent because it's everywhere it's on social media like it's it's very much broadcasted our thoughts and feelings and so I think that our parents or grandparents or whoever may forget that they felt some like some sort of way towards society or government or their parents or whatever that it wasn't permanent on the internet forever um but yeah I think yeah I think that the lazy lazy and disrespect thing is I've seen that very very prevalently and I again I think that it's um just because it's set in stone now like not necessarily the, the way that you think that it is but it's just if you say that online now it's forever there you know mm -hmm. I mean? if there is one positive thing you can describe about your generation what would it be always there for everybody so like if something's happening everybody's going help that person or stuff like we're very our generation is very outgoing. I think our generation has a lot of potential and also have a lot of tools available to be super creative and like utilize those creative tools to like make a lot of money now and the and Instagram and TikTok and everything like that didn't exist 10 years ago. And I think our generation is able, is old enough to kind of conceptualize and make those good decisions with, you know, us adapting to this technology of how to like use it in our advantage and hopefully make the world better. I think that it's hard because we are at the tail, <laughs> the tail millennial and then 
right you're a cusper you're a millennial gen z cusper yeah and so it's really hard for us to identify with one or the other because we have uh -huh. you know a lot of different attributes in in both like I, I know i identify with both and every time you look it up online it's a different answer um but just for the sake of this being gen z i think that generally i mean again this is just me like seeing things together but in instagram but I feel like they're really resilient, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word. There's nothing like that has ever happened to them. Um, but coping with, you know, traumatizing things with humor, I just think that like it overall mental health has been just way more emphasized. It's way more accepted. Um, and just in that entire scope, LGBTQ you know, rights and um, the acceptance of it, I think has been it's like weird if you're not, you know, if you're not accepting of it. And I'm, I love that for them and us. And um, I think that's probably one of the most accept, most um, positive thing I would say. I mean, there is obviously intolerances in every group, but um, I think that it's made the most progressive strides in that, in that way. All right. There is so much to unpack in there. I don't even know where to start. Like they, you know, it does, it really strikes to me how, how wise and reflective um, and self-aware they, they were and, and very just thoughtful with their responses. And I love that, you know, these interviews were done separately yet. There is a resounding yes. message there that they all feel like their generation is more accepting. And I do think that that's true. And I do think that that happens with every generation, right? Because if you look at our parents' generation, they're not nearly as open and as accepting as our generation is. And then so obviously Gen Z and then our kids alpha are going to be even more so as society changes and more happens. Yeah. And I do think that one young lady hit on it. She's like, you know, she, she didn't say this exactly, but it's, it's universal. Every, the kids, the younger generation always forms some sort of resistance or evolution. The thing that is different about this generation is they are mobilized. So you are going to begin to see the change, larger reaching, longer lasting, more impactful. Um, and I mean, to reflect what you said, Angelina, I mean, they say they're more inclusive and the data proves that they're more inclusive, not only because they're, they're, they're diverse in their ethnic sexuality makeup. Um, so, so almost they are, they are forced to, but, but they are radically radically inclusive. And I think that's where you're getting this, okay, boomer type side. It's like not about how they're old and, and stupid. I'm putting that in quotes, but how, why would you waste your time and your energy on hating people and not accepting them? And that's where that, okay, boomer comes in because I actually think Gen Z is surprisingly very close to their parental structures and their family structures. And that Actually, we paved the way for that, us millennials, where some people still think we're lazy college kids living in our parents' basement. We took out the stigma of staying home after, after college. And then you bring again the global pandemic that forced us all to be back into the home, ground zero, navigating something none of us have done. And that now has created this really healthy and positive structure that is, is unified between Gen Z and, and parents. Um, and even kind of a mentorship that they're looking to kind of work and walk together. And it's also seen as financially smart 
Like, why would I go spend now? I'm thinking $1,200 for rent when I can stay here, save my money. And again, work to live versus live to work. So it, it, there is just so much richness and purpose and reason and why they're making their decisions. Absolutely. And this I, is, I think, oh, go ahead, Angel. It goes to um, something that we briefly touched on last time. You were saying that the inclusivity, I think so many things were so faux pas and not discussed when we were growing up with that boomer generation, raising the millennials. You know, so now we as millennials are trying to raise our children differently. And you've got these Gen Zers who are sort of paving the way for having these candid conversations talking about more things, being more inclusive and open. It's just, it's just a very interesting shift in society. Yeah, very much. I thought it was just so fascinating. And this experiment just helped to open up my eyes. It helped me to see a different view, a different perspective, be more understanding and kind of get inside their minds a little bit and just in terms of how do they think and and i thought it was just really endearing to hear consistently uh one person after the other just talk about how they're accepting and open and they there's i guess a unity in a way and i also think that the accepting piece is also while i wouldn't get into political talk but there's also some something accepting about understanding that there's different political views and people are still not all like, not all um, Gen Zers are of one political party, but they also accept that they, the different perspectives that come with that. So I think that that's, that's a pretty amazing, pretty amazing thing. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, as most generations are, they tend to lean more liberal when they're younger and then, and then it balances out, but you're right. I mean, across the political spectrum, Republican or Democrat, you are seeing this generation unite on three main things. Um, they agree in climate change and we need to do something about it. We being mostly corporations, institutions, and people in power, because that's where scalable change is going to happen. They believe in social justice, fairness, and equality, sexuality, gender, ethnicity, and they actually believe in the legalization of marijuana. So that's where they're unifying on their core values. But I think also another thing that's so powerful about this generation, they're not only expressing their values, they're putting their money where their values are reflective. And that's where I, I sometimes want to shake older, uh, more traditional companies. It was like, you don't have to believe in this personally, but I am telling you there is a business implication if you do not, because they put their money where they see brands reflecting their values. And you got to do it in a way that's authentic because they're big bullshit I don't know if I can say that. Y'all can cut that out if you can't. Okay. Um, they, they will call your, they're vigilante and they will call you out if, if you don't do it. So I'm going to, you're going to have to figure out a way to reconcile your personal, your personal values and beliefs, which should be respected to what the business implications are with this new and upcoming generation. And, you know, now that you're talking about changing perspectives there, we were discussing a story that's in the media right now about a anchor woman in Canada who says she was let go because she decided to stop coloring her hair. Now, of course, the media corporation denies it, but it has caught fire and Dove, the brand, has released a campaign called Keep the Gray. And it's really started this movement and empowerment of, I mean, let's say it, it's women our age, right? I mean, what are your thoughts on this? And 
because I, I feel like this, this is really pivotal for men versus women. And I've always felt this way that men, they age gracefully and like, oh, you're wiser. And so it's, it's this stigma around women as we age and all the things we're doing to not look like we're aging. And so if, if the society is not accepting of that, then we have sexism and ageism. And what are your thoughts on that and how, as this generation grows, where that's going to go for society? I mean, that's a really great question. And I have lots of thoughts. We could do a whole nother episode on sexism compounded by ageism and how we, they have us distracted on the latest beauty trend, so we can't go out and, and have more of a positive impact. But then I buy into it. I mean, I get Botox, I color my hair, so it, it's a little bit of a, a attention point. But I'll be interested to see what this Gen Z does, because they, they're really in this kind of place of dichotomy, where it's all about inclusivity. It's about accepting imperfections, being diverse, but on the other side, their whole life has been lived in front of a camera where anyone and everyone can provide their harsh, not necessarily constructive feedback. So I think it's going to get back to ideals versus behavior and what are they going to step into and willing to let go? I don't envy them. I mean, they are under a microscope unlike any other generation ever, ever has been. But then I do think we can take this as the older, wiser generation as a charge. I mean, she is leading the way. This this reporter is leading the way. Dove is championing it. And how many of us are going to step into it? I'm not there yet. I'm not ready for it. I'm with you. I'm going to continue to get the Botox and I'm going to continue to color my hair. But that's just a personal choice for me. I don't like the aging process. And I'm sure a lot of that is a female versus male. I think guys could just care less about it generally. I know, but partly Angelina, and I worry about how much we've just been fed. Like how much do we believe it? Because we've been, we've grown up in a system that says we are less than, and we are marginalized, not only for being a woman, but over our reproductive years, then what else do we have to give to society? <laughs> Nothing. You're in your, your perimenopausal. This is it. Oh, I know. We're just basically trash. You just need to be thrown. <laughs> it's like that TikTok, TikTok sound. Just what I thought. Trash. <laughs> I commend this woman for standing up and, and talking about this because it is uncomfortable. I mean, it's also uncomfortable just even when you're growing your hair out at, at that, but just being able to stand up for what she believes in. Yeah. yeah. 100%. And it's fascinating put- to see how brands are getting behind that and supporting that. And, you know, it just, it really struck a chord with me. I've been dyeing my hair since I was in my twenties because I was gray. Yeah. I mean, I started going gray in college. Um, really? Yeah. Like I was 18, 19. I didn't really I started start going gray in my thirties. I think I really um, gray. And, you know, we have this special technique with my hairstylist <laughs> that makes me look like I have blonde highlights, but in all actuality, my gray is just very resistant. And so, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard being um, this age and knowing that you have a huge chunk of gray. So I'm not ready to depart from that, but I just think that it's, it's the, it's a topic and a conversation worth having. I do think it is interesting. I would be curious to know in your friend group, I have several friends um, slightly younger than me that they're, they're like, I'm not, I'm not coloring my hair. Like, I would, and I, it shocks me, but it's happened. I feel like it's happening more and more. And 
go back. I think it's all, there's also a pandemic effect there when we couldn't go get our hair done again, it, we realized it wasn't as important. And, and, and so people are like, well, I'm just going to save the money, save the time and not give an F what other people think. Um, but I don't know, are you seeing women in your friend circles? Not in our immediate friend group, but in, you know, my, my work circles, I do know some women that have chosen not to color their hair. I'm, I'm one of those females that I'm very beauty driven. And like, I like that kind of thing. I, I enjoy putting into myself, getting my hair done and taking care of my skin. Like, so I think some of it just depends on if that's a focus point for a person get life from it or if it's draining you. Yeah, I get life from it and I I just truly like like it and I think also a lot of it stems from my grandmother. My grandmother wouldn't leave the house not looking put together. She wouldn't even go to the Piggly Wiggly without a little bit of makeup on, rouge as she would say, you got to put a little rouge on your cheeks. She always colored her hair even up until the day she died her hair was colored. And so my mom was the same way. That was her mom. So my mom's the same way. I've never saw either of them leave the house, not put together in some form, not that they had to be dressed up, but you did, you, you put a little time into yourself, Yeah. but I took that from me. That's been a positive thing is that I take pride in how my appearance and how I look. And I've actually tried to instill that in my boys. My oldest, especially could just care less. And I try to, and, and you know, some people may not agree with this, but I also feel like putting into you to how you look, how you present yourself to the world shows other people that, you know, that they're not going to think or care about you if you don't care about yourself, mm-hmm. you know? So I think there's a difference between, you know, going gray and not really doing the Botox and all that. You can still look put together, but I don't think I could ever be one of those beautiful, like silver you know how some women just, yeah. they and look they, so classy and they carry it so well and they still dress all nice, but. I feel like you can pull it off, Angelina. You really could. I may well, be. I pepper with your dark hair and your dark features. It would oh, look yeah. amazing. And I think if you hit on something, it's like all about the motivation. Like what's our motivation? Are we doing right. it for other people or are we doing it for ourselves? Or is this an act of self-love or is this an act of, of people pleasing? And I mean, I think you know, it's really sometimes hard to parse that out, but as long as it brings joy, then I see nothing wrong. And I love it that this woman said, this doesn't bring me joy. This is not who I am. Here we go. But it is astonishing to see that maybe the rest of the world isn't quite ready for an actualized woman that doesn't fit the formula of what we have been taught to, to be the one formula, right? What a feminine one woman is like. And I don't know if it's Uh, still a trend, but you remember there was a brief moment there where going gray, like people were dyeing their hair gray. That's Gen Zers were. Yep. And there was also a very short-lived TikTok trend uh, where Gen Zers were giving themselves dark circles. What? With makeup. Why? Oh, I have that naturally. So I'm trendy. I don't know it for a fact. I didn't dive into it and it was a really short-lived trend, but I think it goes back to those extreme messages of inclusivity, body positivity, skin positivity. I'm, I'm going to accept my imperfections. So it was an extreme message in that high inclusivity vein. I feel like this is leading into another episode with Erin about <laughs> body positivity. <laughs> uh, 
Well, I, th- I do find it. I think we are, we are hedging up on, on, on kind of, you know, age. And, and I mean, we touched on it in the last episode and how are we going to do this? Other younger generations are going to be watching. What are we okay with? What's going to ruffle some feathers? What, you know, barriers are we going to hit as we all live this in real time? For sure. Okay. Well, we're going to move on to the next segment. I know we need to wrap up soon. So this has been such a rich conversation and I feel like it could go on for many more hours as always, because we love speaking with you, Erin, but let's get into, let me tell you something. And my, let me tell you something has something to do with what we're talking about a little bit, but Erin, since you are our guest, what is your, let me tell you something. Okay. Let me tell you something because I do have more mature skin. Speaking of aging, let me tell you something. I am obsessed with cream blush. I know that talk about being vain and liquid, liquid blush. Love it. We'll never go back to powder. Like which one? So merit is my favorite. It comes it like, it's like, um, call it like maybe a little bigger than a half dollar size and like a cut off, like chubby crayon, kind of like real short kind of chubby crayon. And you just on your cheekbones, do this and you're done. Merit. You, how do you spell it? M E R I T. Oh, so just like a merit badge. Yeah. And I okay. think we're all about like five minute face and effortless, you know, no makeup, makeup look. And, but y'all, I, my face, my mature face, my dry skin will never go back to a powder blush. Ever. Can I ask what you use for concealer? Because, or do you even need it? Because you look really good. Okay. Well, I have a great foundation that I'm obsessed with and it's a old share. Clidipo. Yes. Have you? Oh yeah, yeah. The, the French brand. Yes. I missed that. What was it? Clidipo. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. So someone can correct me because I'm not that sophisticated, <laughs> but I also get the dewy finish. Like I think like we went through this trend was so mattifying. And I actually think that that kind of sits in lines and ages us. And so I'm embracing all the shine and the mist and the moisture and my skin loves it. So I do the clay to Poe foundation and the concealer. And I have learned less is more on concealer with our absolutely lines under my eyes. So you're going to have to send me that. Cause I want to try it. Amazing. I know I'm going um, um, to, I've been using some samples somewhere. Yes, but it goes like, I probably don't even buy two a year. I'm almost positive. It lasts a long. Oh, good to know. I've been using the NARS orgasm liquid blush and Mm. I love it. Ooh, I didn't know they had a liquid in that because that is one of my favorite blushes. Classic, but then you put it in that new liquid formula. Uh And I just put a little bit. A liquid like in a tube? It's, it's a liquid with a pump. Oh, and I used to put it on my beauty blender, but it would take so much out of it. So I just pump a tiny bit, like a very tiny bit on my finger and I just pat it on and you can make it as sheer or as heavy as you want. And then I'll put a little bit on my eyes. Yeah. And then you can even probably do your, yep. on your mm-hmm. lip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love. Love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'm with you on the, on the liquid. I'm okay. That. I'm going to tell you guys <sighs> yesterday. My husband came home from being out of town and he looks at me. He's like, what have you done to your eyebrows? And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, well, your eyebrows look really dark. Did you do something to it? All right. I've been trying to find uh, an eyebrow pencil or whatever that works with this color hair. And so then I got really self-conscious. I'm like, well, I've been using the pencil for a while, but then I got like a liquid. It's the Anastasia. 
Oh yeah. yeah. Or Anastasia. So I got like the liquid pen and then the little pencil and the pen, like same color, but it just makes it look darker. Huh? Yeah. So my eyebrows are pencil thin backstory. Um, yeah. I mean, not only did I like when we plucked the crap out of our eyebrows, but in college, I would wax them. And my roommate at one time came in and said, let me just, let me wax them for you. And of course, when you're in your early twenties, you make stupid decisions. And my stupid decision was allowing her to wax my eyebrow. And so she ripped it off and she went like, like <gasps> gas and put her hand over her mouth. And and I was like, what did you do? What, what did you do? And she just started dying laughing and i looked in the mirror and she like ripped off half of my eyebrow which by the way has never been the same since then oh my god i feel but, like i feel like you could sue her for emotional, <laughs> <laughs> emotional distress so i've been in I'm, I'm not brave enough to get my eyebrows like done you know like i haven't i haven't I'm cheap. I'm too cheap and I'm not brave enough to go and actually have them done by a professional. So I I've been trying it. all these things. And, and while our audience cannot see me, I wanted to ask you guys, are these eyebrows too dark? No. Are they, are they too dark and too heavy? No. no. Okay. They look great. Cause I know they don't match the color, but they feel natural. Like it's like, you know, I mean, they work with your general coloring. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's my, let me tell you something. I, I would have made me self-conscious. I would hundred percent when you get brave microblading. I, well, it is one of my list to go. My, I want to get microblading done so badly. And you know, you always hear, Oh, eyebrows, they're supposed to be cousins. They don't have, or they don't have to be twins, but right. I cannot get mine uh, the shred of, of similarity, but you know, I don't want to take what don't you have to take a week of no working out. I can't do it. Um, yeah, not, not working out, but you can't heavily sweat. So I just did like bar workouts, like something that I wasn't gonna, if I move an arm, I start to sweat. So <laughs> <laughs> it was really one of the best beauty decisions that I've made because I used to put so much time and energy into my brows because like Brandy, I actually also let a friend who was in beauty school at the time oh. wax my eyebrows and they went pencil thin and they were never the same. So yeah, I guess this is a generational thing. Now we're all trying like to get our brows back. Listen, keep your big, thick, fluffy yes. eyebrows. <laughs> Do not overpluck them or apparently get anyone in your friend group that has not professionally been in experience for years. Wax your eyebrows. Yes. Um, it's right, funny that both of y'all had beauty stuff because that was mine too. My, let me tell you something is also beauty related. Um, it is the makeup by Mario brand. Yes, I've been hearing a lot about him. Oh yeah. So I followed him for years um, and he, he, his brands, I, I guess it's about a year old, but it had been sold out for so long. And I finally got my hands on two of his products. It's his um, blush glow. It's like a plumping kind of like a gloss, kind of like a lipstick, really natural, very pretty, easy wearing. And then his soft sculpt powder. I love it. It is just gives you just the prettiest. It's, it has a shimmer and then it has like a, a pink hue to it and then a bronzer. So you just kind of tap your brush and then swipe it up your cheeks and you're done. It's just very like quick. And it gives you this like, I don't know, light finish. It's just very pretty. I like the brand a lot. He sucked me in. It's great. Nice. Love it. So, I'm going to have to try that. 
Okay, so we had Erin on our episode two. So we did our usual rapid fire questions with her already. So we went ahead and revamped these so that we could have rapid fire again and came up with some new questions. Great. So what is the best vacation you've ever taken? Probably, oh gosh, Hawaii or Costa Rica, which there's a theme. There's the beach for relaxation, but then there's like the jungle and the active side that gets you out in nature and gets your body moving. So yeah. I've never been to either. Um, and it's on my list. Higher in Costa Rica. On my list. Okay. This is a generational question. How old were you when you had your first celebrity crush and who was it? Okay. I know who it was. I can't. So Roughly. J- JTT from of course alone. And then, you know, Simba on Lion King. So I was <laughs> in sixth, fifth, sixth grade. Right. Yeah. I think we were in middle school and the JTT thing was going yeah. on. You remember him, Brandy? Oh, yes. I remember him. <laughs> I remember watching what was it? Um, Home Improvement. Home Improvement, only because JTT was on it. I think that was actually brilliant by the people that developed that show to make it this family affair to where parents would want to watch it, but then you had kids that would be into it too. Yeah. You each have your person you can, you can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. It was perfect. I love, I always loved his skin. I always felt like he, he just had great, like a great (laughs) complexion. I never, I can say that I noticed many things, his skin, not one of them, not one of them. It was Mm -hmm. very, it was like golden. It was, just oh his tan his like yeah his skin like his skin color like yeah how okay I'll give you that he has a nice skin tone yeah I thought you meant he was like dewy like what we're all going for no (laughs) (laughs) you don't hear about him anymore like I know him after this I'm gonna need to what happened to JTT hashtag what happened to JTT we'll put it on we'll put it on our stories it'd be a TikTok trend oh yes it could Start it, start it. (laughs) Brandy and I love to dance even, and I'm not, she's a much better dancer than I am. I just do it for shits and giggles. What song always gets you out on the dance floor, Erin? Oh, I'm not good with music. I mean, super uncool. (laughs) What song always gets me out? I mean, I just think those, I mean, this is really going to be a lame response, but any of those that are really like, people across the time likes to dance to like love shack or I mean just YMCA ones that it feels like everyone can dance to and there's an overall you know yeah. just joy and happiness not me and Angelina <laughs> are you refused do you refuse to dance? no 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 Mm-mm. we like like booty music get low get low get low although hey ya is one yes. of our favorites uh we so when I got married and we went out for my bachelorette party, we were on Bourbon, Bourbon Street in New Orleans, and they were playing Hey Ya. And me and all my bridesmaids oh. went up on the stage and we danced to Hey Ya. And it became our tradition for every single one of our friends' weddings oh, that we would play that. And anytime we hear it on the radio, we text each other and we mm-hmm. have our dance that we just so happen to coordinate beautifully on stage. Yeah, we have our, so like, that's our friend, our song. Like if you were a couple, that would be our song. My other, for me, I would say, I think this is 
just a great song for everyone and it always gets people moving is I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston That's oh it. yeah it's they were just, playing that on the radio sometime like last week and I was like mm, yeah, mm. you just can't help it and you just want to mm. you know move, move. Uh, <laughs> and then we always talk about you know advice you would give to your younger self or other generations. So I thought it would be good to ask you, what is the best worst thing that happened to you? Something that happened in your life that you thought, oh my God, this is awful. And then it turned out to be one of the best things. That's a an great, unanswered, unanswered prayer, if you will. That's a great question, Angelina. I'm very like, not that I would expect anything different, but I'm just really impressed at that question. <laughs> Well, I know you and I were talking about this, you know, topic recently. So I thought we need to ask Aaron this. I think we should add this into our rapid fire for good. Okay. It's a great question. I mean, you know, I don't know how deep we want to get, but my son is, um, he's IVF. So you had this plan. We were going to get married, wait five years, have two perfect children. Uh, and it didn't work that way. So after 10 years of marriage, rounds and rounds of fertility treatments get this precious little dude and we're a family of three instead of a family of four and you know sometimes there is still this like cognitive dissonance or this grief that happens and why how you thought life would be how you imagine it and how it really is but you know it's just it the timing happened in the way it should we were financially comfortable, professionally mature, and he's just a cool dude. So I think about if my, you know, life had gone as I had intended or planned, I wouldn't have had this amazing kid who, who challenges me, who compels me to be better, who reflects all of my, the good of me and the bad of me. So yeah, it's just as sometimes when things don't go as they planned, it was the perfect plan in the end. See, that's the best that's answer. beautiful, Aaron. Thanks. Perfect. Aaron, as always, this has been a wonderful experience with you. Same. Um, I love it. We need to be in the same city. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I just feel like, how can we do this like 40 hours a week? Right. <laughs> talk and talk about beauty products and how the, we need, how the world needs to change. So it will be better. Like, yeah, we'll figure it out. We're going to get there. I am so excited. I can't wait. I'm so proud of you ladies. You're just doing some important work over there. And I just know women in our same life stage are just going to appreciate the stories you're bringing forward. And your Thank support you, really means the world. It really does. It does. And you are contributing to that, my friend, because yes. you have so much, I, I'm speechless. I, I, I can't even, I can't even <laughs> describe it, but just your wisdom, your compassion, your strength to come on and and talk about these things with us without our guests i don't think we would be the podcast that we are and thank you for being a part of this journey with us yes and if people want to follow your brand where can they follow you yeah absolutely find us on tiktok and instagram at drink gen z and you can find me on linkedin aaron campbell thank you so much thanks aaron Thank you, ladies. Best of luck. We'll talk soon. Definitely. Okay. Everybody Bye. have a great week. Thank you so much.
Thank you all so much for listening in. And as a member of our community, we want to hear from you. Follow us on social at Talk 40 to Me podcast and share your feedback on today's topic. How is the conversation relevant in your life? And is there a topic you'd love to hear us discuss? On that note, cheers to aging gracefully, living life to the fullest, and enjoying another day with your besties in life. <laughs>